Hey fans of the letter B and P, welcome back to Hatsune Miku's Crack House. This is episode 72. I'm your host, per usual, Sam Kingma, and joining me is my best friend and co-host, Miles J. Miles, what's been going on this week, dude? Sam, I am on the opposite spectrum of enjoyment this week. Because I had, I started the week with the worst thing that I've ever fucking seen in my life. And then, just hours ago, yesterday, I replayed a true Ludo, not masterpiece, but I love it, personally. Which one would you rather hear about first? Do you want me to get the bitching out of the way, or do you want me to talk about good games? Let's wait for, that's, we always bitch at the start of the show. Let's switch it up. Let's talk about something nice for a change, and then we'll end the show with bitching. So talk to me about Heavy Rain. The Ludo narrative masterpiece that you played. I first of all, I did not use the word Ludo narrative, uh, Samuel. You're putting words in my mouth. As Sorry, you Discord do. cut out. Discord cut out around the time you said Ludo. So I just assumed. Oh you yeah. Said Ludo oh narrative. oh. Discord. Discord cut out. This is why our marriage is failing. This is why we're in counseling, Sam. <laughs> yeah, because we're states away, <laughs> and we have to communicate over Google Hangouts, which cucked us. We never make love anymore. No. We don't have cyber sex like we used to. We just don't have cyber sex like we used to. <laughs> so anyways, what fucking game did you play? <laughs> have you heard of a little indie gem called Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, baby? Oh, dude, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. What an incredibly kick-ass game Curse of the Moon is. So fucking good. Dude, I I just oh my god, it was five dollars, and I said, you know what, let's get it again. I haven't played it in like a year or two. Yeah, let's let's try it again. And dude, I okay, so so I I got it right. I got the game. Um, and it is really funny because I had a very funny experience with it, where I was ready to just fucking throw in the towel immediately because Steam is is fucking awful. Um, because even though I had my fucking Xbox controller plugged in, ready to go, ready to play, it kept trying to read my V-Joy, uh, drive, my, my, uh, the fucking V-Joy drive, and it just wouldn't, it just refused. I turned off everything, and it just refused to read anything that wasn't V-Joy. So I just fucking uninstalled it, and I said, you know what, that's a problem for future me. Fuck V-Joy, I'm done, I'm done with you. I don't need I it. I've never... Is that some nerd shit for input latency? I've never, ever touched VJoy. Uh, it's for Dolphin. It's one of, it's one of two uh, ways you can use a GameCube controller on Dolphin. Why don't you just install... Use Zadig and install I the just, proper... I, that's the thing. I did install Zadig because VJoy didn't work, and then I forgot to uninstall VJoy. <laughs> and I, I forgot... And that's why as... I had so much problem troubleshooting, because I forgot that I just had this shit driver on my fucking computer ruining my life you have so i've never seen someone have more just stupid problems on a computer than you and this happened for the record this i also think stands well before you even got your pc oh yeah no i i just, have i have amazing computer troubles every single time i get i get in front of a computer and you know why it's because i'm always doing 
bullshit. It's because I'm always downloading some new fucking program, because I'm always trying to learn some new fucking program, learn a new editing software, learn learn how to mix music, and they're like, oh, you need this driver and this driver and this driver, and I'm like, great, okay, cool. Then it turns out these fucking drivers are, like, are mixed like a fucking stool softener and a stool hardener together, just, just fucking canceling it's, the shit out of each other. It's really, yeah... It's fucking crazy. If you continue to have more and more crazy issues, you because how long you've had this computer now? Like a couple months. About a year now. Yeah. Most of like when it comes to like game saves and stuff, all that shit saved on the fucking cloud on Steam, and you can just store your precious your precious documents materials on a external hard drive. Might be worth just saying fuck this shit. I'm going to save my stuff on an external hard drive and just fucking reformat fucking everything and start from square one and not and not be a crazy lunatic with what I download. Just saying that is an option you have available to you that could now maybe alleviate a lot of the moment to moment struggles. Because when I was at your house, dude, option. because when I was at your house, I was like, this is the most unbelievable retro art I've ever fucking seen. I've oh, never so seen funny. it. It has so many fucking problems. I was blown away that i'm like i that i almost miles when i was there i almost was like i should just re reinstall this because what, what's is, happening right here is it. so it's sad i try and reinstall it constantly and it just keeps giving me this fucking sepia brown burlap sack version of of fucking uh of fucking retroarch so like when i go online look up retroarch tutorials you have this nice ps3 menu yeah the ps4 cross media bar yeah, Butte looks and, great. and then mine is like mine is this brown fucking. It's what Iraq it's what it looks bullshit. like on my Vita. It's it's what it looks like on my Vita when I use RetroArch, and that's ridiculous, dude. Fucking fucking nine eleven taking over my RetroArch. Just like it's just it's fugly, and then it's like all right, great. You have a controller plugged in. You can't navigate the menus. You can't navigate the menus with the controller. You got to use the keyboard, and then you got to reload the preset launcher. And then when you launch your N64 games, we're just not going to read your controller inputs anymore. We're just not going to do it. Now, I know that you set the C buttons already, but we're going to pretend you didn't set the C you buttons. You didn't set the C buttons, and they're on the right stick. It's like, motherfucker. Um, yeah, no. You should... You should you gotta start from square zero dude it's a lost cause retroarch. it's a fucking lost cause with retroarch i don't know what the fuck to do anymore but but anyways anyways i want to talk about Kirsten Lynn. this game's fucking awesome yeah so so i decided you know what i'm back in the game i'm back in the game like like john wick in spain baby and so i decided to uh i said you know what you know i could do a normal playthrough where I just use fucking Miriam the whole game, and every now and then I switch to Alfred or or Jeebel, and I and I do the thing, um, and Zen Getsu is there, and I said, I'm gonna do a Zen Getsu only playthrough, and then I remembered there's an ending if you do the Zen Getsu playthrough without murdering the party members. Oh yeah, and that is there is that separate ending, right? Yeah, and I said, I'm going to Castlevania this shit. And let me tell you something, that made me appreciate the shit out of this game way more. Because playing it like that, like, really exposes what a well-designed, difficult, interesting game a lot of these rooms are. And, and like, how the amount of options you have with the other party members is both really interesting and also, like, 
Because the game is fucking free when you have 40 party members. It's it's the most oh, yeah. free video game ever made. But it's free because there's so many interesting strategies that you can use to handle what are some really challenging rooms. And when you're just Zangetsu, you just got your sword and your ball and chain and your your black hole bomb from Mega Man 9. Like when 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 it's when it's just that man like you, these rooms are fucking puzzles dude it's it's interesting like the 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 shit i was doing to get through some of these screens was fucking fascinating very very oh, interesting man. game yeah i i've always appreciated the platforming in curse of the moon because you have a character like miriam who has more height and is a slightly more easier to control you have alfred who's the same height as Zengetsu, and then you have Gebel or Jibble or whatever the fuck his name is, who Jibble. has a regular jump but can turn into a bat and fucking fly, um, and do nothing else magic. besides attack. Like, yeah. which is well, his attack is fucking good as fuck because it oh, yeah, aims no, slightly like, up. It's, it's so funny because Alucard's attack. Alucard is objectively the worst character in Castlevania Three, which Curse of the Moon is very obviously based on. Um, Alucard is just a bad fucking character in that game, but he breaks levels because he can turn into a bat. And so they said, we'll just do the same thing, but instead of having the worst attack you've ever seen, we'll have a good attack that's just kind of hard to use. Because the way yeah. that you have to play Alucard is you have to have the three fireballs that he that he spits out of his cape. Um, but then you also have to fucking be a shotgun and be right in the enemy's fucking face or else you're doing no damage so what's interesting about Jeeble is that the same thing applies but his bats have an upward arc so there there is this strategic element of like you can position yourself really close to the enemy and just fucking blow them away or you can try and get yourself behind the enemy or far enough away from the enemy and try and use one of the three bats and 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 anticipate their arc to keep your distance. He's a he's a very yeah. interesting character, and like that's and the thing, he does the, more damage to bosses too if yeah. you're able to hit all three. Oh yeah, no, he's he's great. Like that's the thing, Alfred is is objectively the worst character in the game, but he, except when he has the, the spells, and then he's the best character in the game, which is awesome. He he, you switch to him really quickly, and that's the point is that he's got fucking no HP. Like you're supposed to be switching to Alfred to like when when the opportunity arises to use some bullshit, and then switch back to Zengetsu or Miriam and 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 wreck shit. Like and the fact that like you can cast the fire shield and then switch back to another character, it's fucking awesome. Oh, it's so good. And and to to be fair to Alfred, he has a really great magic, which is like the clone magic that lets him attack from a distance. Um. It's it's a little disorienting oh, you to use like that? use it. Oh yeah, no, I do sometimes. Oh, I, like, I I I just find the the fire, the ice, and the lightning like le just leagues better. Oh, they're le they are leagues better, but like it's definitely an option. Like I mean, for example, if you die a couple times in the stage, and like if you're in a situ a situation where Alfred is the only character left alive, like you you do have to learn how to use him properly, which yeah. hasn't happened and to hope me. You get but decent spells. <laughs> yeah. But but like it is interesting like and and you do have to end up using all of his spells. They're very smart with where they place his spells in that game. They're almost always like placed in such a way where where whatever room you're going through that spell the spell that is available to him is probably the best spell to handle the situation. Yeah, and I appreciate too once you have all the characters unlocked that it's a they they mark the item lamps as dark purple as opposed to just like i think like regular silver like there's a clear distinction between the item lamps so you know when one's coming up 
And it's always for, regardless if you pick it up with Zangetsu, Miriam, or Alfred, it's always going to be a relevant power. So yeah. the ball and chain that goes diagonal up, you're going to typically find bats or like those enemies that drop like projectiles straight down from like the ceiling. Like you see run into those enemies. Um, Miriam's fucking sub weapons are kick ass too in that game. Oh yeah, no, um, her axe is my favorite because it just ruins bosses. Yeah, that's the one where it just it goes back and then forward and it does like a ton of damage, right? Yeah, it it costs the most hearts in the game and it has the longest wind up of any attack. Yeah. Also, if you destroy item, uh, if you destroy item candles with Gebel, you always get five. Uh, Gebel, yeah. What a great game! What a great, oh, yeah. great fucking game! But that's uh, the thing. So, like, I, I, like, doing the the regular Zangetsu playthrough. Like, dude, Grimori made no fucking sense to me the first time I fought, I fought her. Like, that that boss seems fucking eldritch because you're like, where do these? How do you fucking know where these attacks are gonna go? Like, they make no sense. And then it's based on the fucking position of the magic that she's gonna use. Like, whichever hand she lifts is the side of the screen that the spell is going to end up at. And depending on whether it's up or down, you know its its trajectory is either going to be stay off the middle platform or stay off the side platforms. Yeah, it's that's what I like about the bosses in that game is that you 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 play, fight them at first and you're like this is fucking impossible, and then you just realize oh it's like oh they're all patterns and they all do the same like four attacks just over and over and over again, and you just have to learn how to dodge that. And then once you learn how to do that, the bosses are really fucking fun, and you can get through them without taking the hit, and it's sick. Yeah. Um, although I bet with Zangetsu, it's probably really fucking tough, because just it's because his range, is so, his range is so small. That the thing is that his attack fuck. has the the longest lasting hitbox, as far as I can tell. Oh, wow, okay. Like, like his sword stays out for a while, and anytime the sword is out, it deals damage. Yeah, I know he definitely deals more damage than Miriam does on a damage on like a DPS, except he just he trades the speed for range. Um, yeah, I should I should try to do this. The Zangetsu only no special moves run because I've done it with the with the double jump and the this crescent slash and all those wonderful goodies. But is the is the is the unique ending any cool? Uh yeah, it's interesting. It's definitely okay. it's very different. Okay. I would it's say kind of, I'm it's a kind relatively... of objectively the yeah. second worst ending though. It's very funny. <laughs> yeah, well they they all don't end. Like none of yeah, curse all of them have bad endings. Well. Like yeah, everything sucks for these characters. Someone dies. Someone yeah. ends up fucking dead. Um but I should go back. I got to go back and replay Ritual of the Night. And I need to go back and do the remaining content in Curse of the Moon 2 um, as well. I would you know, say I'm a, I fuck with the, the Bloodstained franchise. I but like Bloodstained. Say? They're very interesting. But, but, you know, I do have to, I do, like, this is my most shameful gamer take. Israel isn't a legitimate state. <laughs> Yep, that certainly is a that certainly is a gamer take. All right. Yeah. No. My 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 actual. Actually, I think everyone. <laughs> no one likes Israel anymore. I don't know. I can't. I can't keep up with Twitter politics. I don't understand what's going on. Um. 
okay so my actual shameful gamer take because i'm one of these people who's like i always value mechanics i value gameplay it's all very important to me right but like the one time a game's aesthetic was like so not it to me that i could not play the rest of the game was curse of the moon 2 come on you didn't like the the, the steam-powered corgi in the mech suit I, I you didn't think, like Robert enough, the sniper. I think Robert was was what fucking ruined it for me. I was Dude, like, I fuck with Robert in that game. He fucking ninja guide in wall jumps, and he shoots a fucking laser beam across the the screen. I'm not. You press the button and he cocks the gun up and he fucking launches that laser. It's so I'm sick. not about it. I want I because like the first Bloodstain and Ritual of the Night just have such an aesthetic. A vibe that I love this like because because industrial revolution work is always very like brown and and steampunkish and like in this game's case it's like oh it's Castlevania but trains are there and flintlock pistols like it's a very interesting game in that respect in that it 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 takes the industrial revolution and moves it back a hundred years essentially. Yeah. And I just dig the shit out of that. Yeah, I I like it. I like what's going on in Curse of the Moon 2. I just really uh on the second playthrough, you you lose Dominique, who's the other who's basically the replacement for Miriam. And oh fuck, losing her sucks. Like it's such it's one of those things it's like, oh because in Curse of the Moon one, losing Zengetsu is like, okay. You lo- we we uh, we lost the the generally good fun to play as fast damage dealing character, but Miriam in Jeeble make up for it, and Alfred is good when Alfred is useful, and that's kind of how that goes. Whereas losing your defensive high HP good platforming character in Curse of the Moon Two is really rough. So that's why I don't think I I only played that game. I only have a couple hours in it where I've played like Curse of the Moon one like like six or seven times. Um So maybe maybe there is something there. I don't think it's as good as Curse of the Moon One, but I did like what I played of it. Yeah, it's 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 a game that I definitely wanna wanna get through. I mean it, it seems generally speaking that the level design gameplay like is all very good. But then I look at this robot Corgi and I'm like, where's Jeeble? I miss Jeeble. Well, they come back. So so they come back. On the third playthrough, Miriam, Alfred, and, uh, and Jeeble all come back as playable characters. Oh, fuck um, yeah. And you have to go around, like... It's so fucking crazy. The game, like, opens up to, like, this, like, world map, and you select levels, and each character is stuck at a specific level. So it's, like, subspace emissary where you build up your squad. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. It's neat. It's neat. Um, maybe maybe I'll go back and just and just you know and just try to try and and push past the fact that I hate the look of the game or not the look, but I hate I hate like the 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 aesthetic decisions. And I think the worst part is it's funny because I was thinking about this because we we pitched Cybervania a yes. couple couple months ago now back in February because that's how fucking time works I guess. Um, in in the wonderful episode Autism, uh, and then I just realized that's just the fucking ending to Bloodstained Curse of the Moon One 
Like, Zangetsu wakes up in a fucking cyber city in the future. Oh, shit, that's right. And the reason that you don't remember that is because they don't goes. fucking follow through on that promise. Oh, that, that Curse what of the Moon shame. 2 is going to take place in a fucking cyber city. God, maybe for Curse of the Moon 3? I hope. They better. They fucking go to the, the cyber city? Um, and then you get to play you... as a fucking robot? It is funny because if if you play through Curse of the Moon, then Ritual of the Night, you're like, oh, none of this is the same. And then you play Curse of the Moon 2, and you're like, oh, none of this is the same. It's like, yeah, it's just a different story with the same characters every time. Yeah. No, it, it is it is very funny. It's 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 like watching a fucking it's like it's like being a Vocaloid fan. <laughs> Where like like sometimes Miku's a wonderful, sometimes Miku's a little girl and she's going on an adventure, and other times Miku's is is, is the Gestapo, the secret police, and she wears a, a Nazi hat and fucking will throw you in jail. And sometimes sometimes Miku's an idol who just wants to sing for the whole world, and other times and sometimes she's Miku's a lesbian. A, yeah, and sometimes she's gay. <laughs> And so, and sometimes, sometimes Miku's a fucking cannibal who wants to eat your bones. Like, it really is just like, like, you sit down with Curse of the Moon and you're like, all right, what do you got for me this time? What do you got for me today? Oh, Zangetsu's a lesbian in this one. All right, fine. Sure. It's me. Zangetsu plays like Alex and Ash from fucking Hotline Miami 2, where it's, it's, it's Zangetsu and her girlfriend. <laughs> Just fucking running through these stages. Oh, and by the way, this one takes place in the Old West. <laughs> one of yeah, your fuck that members... uh, cyber, fuck that cyber city story we said. We didn't want. We changed our minds. We're in the West now. One of your party members is just an iron horse. Oh fuck yeah, dude! A cowboy character. We already have that. His name is Robert. <laughs> Like, I get that Robert's a soldier, but, like, he's got the cowboy bandana. Yeah, he's got, like, a, a beard. and Yeah, he's kind of looks like a pirate, honestly. Yeah. With the bandana and stuff. Which, I like they might be They might be going for uh, Grant Dynasty. Vibes with him? Yeah, that's that's probably what they're going for. Man, what a good shit. video game. Yeah, that shit's great. Um, I played a good video game. Oh, yeah? Uh, this week. I finally beat to... To bring it all back from like last year when we talked about Final Fantasy One for the first time, I finally beat Final Fantasy One. I killed chaos as the as the kids are saying. I kids succeeded. are really into kids are really into that these days. Yeah, they, those the, kids have you are have really you seen the the chaos. Yakuza? Have you seen the Yakuza post? That's like every Yakuza side quest, which is like character talks about an interest. Kiryu, people have been talking about this a lot recently. Yes, yes. Well, what's awesome? What's awesome about the way that like Kiryu's written in these fucking games? And actually, let me refer to that any fucking Yakuza character that you play as is it's just a mouthpiece for the director. It's this boomer ass like gangster looking guy who also made Monkey Ball, just reacting to like taxes 
And it's like, well, we do need roads or whatever, so I guess it's okay to charge people a little bit on taxes and then raise the price later. That's a real side quest, by the way, in Zero, where you play as Majima and a guy's getting attacked on the street because he's in the government and he wants to raise taxes. So unfortunately, you beat up these guys who don't want their taxes raised, so you can save this guy, and you sit down at dinner with him and he asks you a bunch of questions on taxes. Now, of course, I said taxes were fucking lame, but I wanted to win the mission. So I had to calm me up and say that if you started and only gave them a 3% tax at the beginning, they're going to be okay with it. And then when uh, you up it to 5% in a couple years, they're not going to worry about it. Where if you jump immediately, 5% is going to be a huge problem. It's like my clown presentation. (laughs) We both sold out, dude. Recently, we both fucking sold out to the communists (laughs) to, to, to win favor and clout. To, well, you you were trying to win favor and clout. I was just trying to get some yen, dude. It was early in Yakuza Zero. I didn't have access to the to the real estate or the or the uh, hostess club mini game, so I was broke as fuck. Couldn't afford any moves. It is, you know what? That that's the true that's the true communist experience is being broke and then having to yeah, say, right, I guess yeah, right, are okay, yeah. But because um, I have no money, I guess taxes are good. Yeah, taxes are good up until I start doing the the real estate mini game. Then I don't want none of that. Yeah, shit. then I don't want taxes anymore. I'm rich. But uh, yeah, no, I beat Final Fantasy one. I, I played the pixel remaster on Steam after shit talking it last week. Um, I will say from a game, I still have my problems with it artistically. Um, but replacing the text with some actual pixel art font from like Final Fantasy three really helps it all come together just the the eight the redone eight bit art on the 32 bit redone backgrounds it just is not a good look yeah i wasn't um, i wasn't a big fan of those it, it's not that's why i realized it was like there's not even really an issue that i have with like the redone art it's the fact that they didn't fucking pick one you know either redo it in like an eight bit style uh, or like a modified eight bit style where like you did with the character and the enemy art or do it in the 32-bit style, like Final Fantasy One Origins on PS1. I think um, the problem is just that they don't have that reference for the pixel art for FF1. Because if you remember, the menu in FF1 only has the background at the top of the screen. And the rest of it's just a black void. Black? Dude, yeah, so Final I thought, Fantasy yeah. One is black. Black. Um, They, uh... Yeah, so I... I I I appreciate and I appreciate that they're like we don't want to like redo all these fucking backgrounds or we don't want to like demake these backgrounds so we're just gonna take them and like kind of de-res them a bit yeah but it just it it's not a great look but aside from that complaint aside from the initial original text being unreadable heinous garbage uh game's fucking good game's probably the best way you could play Final Fantasy one it's fast as fuck. The game just moves at light speed. Um, you gain levels very fast. Battles go by really quick. Um, they fixed the thief. Finally, I, I, I heard that. Yeah, dude, thief was dealing more damage than my fighter was around the one to two third mark through the game. Super fucking valuable. And then, and then you have, because you can actually use the really good classroom the original game ninja. Since it's actually worth it to like keep a thief in your party, get ninja. Now, then you have a, another haste user, and then the game's just over, and then you just win because haste on on black belt is you're done. You're yep. done. 
Because then he's doing like 1,800 damage. It's ridiculous. I was actually surprised with like how much damage, like Flare only does like 500 damage to Chaos, like the final boss. Yeah. And he's got like 8,000, 9,000 health probably in the remake. They really fucking buffed his ass. Um, but it's great to just fucking blast Flare on like the the random like six group six nine group of enemies in the last dungeon, gain a ton of experience. Um, it's great. I went. My team was Fighter, Thief, Black Belt, Black Mage. If I were to replay it again, I would probably drop the Black Mage for like a Red Mage, and would probably run it Fighter, Red Mage, Black Belt, Thief, just because. The sp- I didn't use spells that much. Like, once you pass the pathway point, money is no object. And you can just have 99 ether basically at all times. So once that becomes the case, you can still spam magic, but I just chose not to. Just because I would just auto-battle and just let everyone attack. And it's like, oh, whatever. I'll take some minor chip damage here and there from not killing, not being optimal. And, you know, knocking everyone out in one hit. But... Yeah, it's just a good game. It's well, just a why, really good, fun, classic RPG. Well, that's why I always advocate for you should play FF1 on the NES at least once in your life. Just to understand. Just to know. Because that game is capital F funny. It is as funny as the letter P. It is as funny as Notorious P-I-G. P-I-G. It is funny. Because Dude, the fact that you just like, oh, hey, you just bought a spell. Congratulations. It doesn't work. Yeah, that's funny. And and by the way, and the game isn't pranking you. It just doesn't know the spell doesn't work. And the ways yeah. in which the spell don't don't work is like one of the most like complicated. Well, not like the most complicated, but like from a from a layman's perspective, like the amount of of checks that essentially fail, or the amount of things that that the 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 system does on accident that just makes something not work is so interesting because it's the not game like, is oh, held together by duct tape and glue. Yeah, it's not like oh they just didn't code it. It's like oh they coded it in such a way where it reads the wrong path. So like yeah, one, because one example it, is like you can't use the anti-fire, anti-ice, anti-mute spells like our enemies can't either. No one can use those spells because whenever the game is checking uh, for those spells, it checks the 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 um, uninitialized battle RNG, which means when the battle starts. So casting those spells sets the RNG back to the point where the battle began. To the point that you cast that spell and it goes, oh, it's the start of the fight. I guess no buffs have been applied yet, but it doesn't reset the HP. It doesn't it doesn't reset the RNG. You can't use that to like to, to you know, for buffer strategies or anything like that. It's just that that path will go immediately to the pre-battle RNG and start looking around in there and saying, OK, it's the start of the fight. And that, and it raises its thumb, and it said, "I did my job." It walks away, and and Sailor Moon says, "But you didn't do anything." Yeah, I noticed. I really noticed that the pixel remaster when I was just like, with just true the true loveliness of all the bells and whistles that come with three decades of 
of video game advancement. When I got to the Marsh Cave and I saved my game and it was at 59 minutes and I was like, wow, wow, it would take me like, it took me like three hours to get here the first time I played this game on the NES hardware. Now, to be fair, I didn't, I forgot to set the, uh, the 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 tech speed when I first played Final Fantasy. So uh, my first 11, 12 hours of that game was on speed one. Painful. So I'd level up the party and it would take a minute and a half. Painful. It'd be like, oh hey, everyone's getting leveled up. I'm gonna go grab a snack real quick and come back, and, and they'd still be going. I don't. I would have given up. I would have been like, this game sucks. This is a bad game. I did. I, I did. I got to, like, I think Elfheim, and I was like, oh, I gotta grind for, like, the Mithril Sword for 4,000 gold. I'm like, fuck this. I'm not doing this. You don't have um, to. You can't, you can stick to the Short Sword for 500, but I do recommend getting the Mithril Sword if you can, if you can stomach the, but that's why the Peninsula of Power exists, and that's why yeah. you can, you can grind Ogres or, or Kaizakus. The, the, this is the fun thing about NES Final Fantasy is the game is so, like, figured out because the tech is, is, has been mined so much. So, like, for example, every time you boot up the game, the RNG encounter table resets. So if you save your game and then boot it back up and then immediately go into the water, the first encounter you get are Kaizakus, who have the highest gold drop rate for the early game. Um, they drop like 150 gold per Kaizaku defeated or maybe 75. So like an encounter of six Kaizakus is like or an encounter of I think five is the max is is like 600. The, the maximum of Kaizakus, I think it, it might even be six, in which case you get like like 750 or something crazy like that. Like, so it, all you have to do is is buy tents, start or d just go from the provoke in, um, save your game, turn the power off, and then turn it back on. And you can just grind and get a shit ton of gold like in like five minutes. Instead of having that's, a fucking, that's really interesting. Yeah. Instead of having to manually just grind off the enemies in the area. That's I like that. That's nice. Yeah, um, no, and and it's not intentional per se, but like it's not a glitch, it's just how the game's coded. There's not yeah, like if you, you know, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That's how I feel about like all of Zelda One. Zelda One's a very much if you know you know type game. Same with Pokemon, red and blue. Yeah. Um but after I beat Final Fantasy 1, I booted up Final Fantasy 2 Pixel Remaster. And let me tell you, Miles, I kind of fuck real hard with Final Fantasy 2. Now, this is interesting. This is interesting. So, they, the, the level of control you have over each one of your party members is fucking crazy. The mo I found out, like, two minutes in that you, can, that you now can equip weapons to the left and right hand. And if you equip two, like, a axe and a broadsword, you can attack twice. And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, it's on. So I just was would go out in the field and just start grinding up, like, everything. I'd gr I want all my all my cast, Fury and Maria and Guy, to be good at fucking everything. Um, and I just love that you can just morph the party to be whatever you want it to be. And it takes, or at least in Pixel Remaster, it takes very little time to actually get, um, it only takes a couple of matches of letting one party member do all the work and just letting the other characters defend. Or better yet, just having them spam, like, thunder on each other so they can, so you can grind up your thunder spell. Really fucking fun. I really like it. Um, 
And it's a I was crackhead reading. Game. It is a crackhead it is. video game. Dude, it is a crackhead game. Absolutely. I thought the same fucking thing when I when I booted it up. I played like two and a half hours of it on my first uh session. Um got Min Woo, who's like this guy who can't really attack for shit. Her he starts with the staff, and I'm like, no. I'm like, no. You're not gonna use a fucking staff. Not on my fucking watch. So I gave him dual daggers. So he he uh, he can uh, he's like can do real damage, and he has a ton of fucking white mage spells. I'm like, this is this is this is rules. This is a great game. Um, and I was reading about it online. So apparently in the original game, HP, the way you level up HP is super fucked. Um, yeah, it's just you, you get hit a lot. You have to get a hit a lot, but you also can't end the battle at full HP. Otherwise, it doesn't count. Like all this weird shit. Pixel Remaster just fixes that, and they also apparently just, like... Th- I think the game has back, like, checks to where after a certain number of fights, if a character hasn't, like, gained some HP in a while, they'll just, like, give you a bonus of, like, 10-12 HP. But I'll just attack my party members while I'm fighting these random enemies who can do no damage to me because I've spent the... L- I've just... I have so high evasion in defense and stuff. Because I've just been, because because you, know, you equipped the two shields to your character, it's so dumb. Like I love it that you could do shit like that. Um, that's that's the big uh, thing about it is that like if you're a numbers nerd, I mean, here's the thing: Final Fantasy II is is widely disliked by all Final Fantasy fans because it's suspect, not Final Fantasy. Yeah, but the which thing I, is, I the appreciate, good. but the story is yeah. good. But the thing is, if you're a Disgaea fan. I suspect this might become your favorite Final Fantasy game. Because it's, it's just Disgaea, but as a Final Fantasy game. Yeah, it's just raw. It's it's all, everything is attached to proficiency. There's no traditional level ups. And that just makes it really, just a really, it, like, you, you go into battles and it's like, okay, in this fight, I'm going to just let everyone defend and accept Therian, who I'm going to just let him use thunder five times to take out the enemies. Um, and I like how every character can learn every spell, and it's all a matter of just using it over and over again to make them proficient with it. So it just gets, it just, it makes me want to just buy every spell and like make everyone proficient with everything. Um, and it's just fun to, to be, do the grind and play. Um, I haven't gotten very far in the story because of this, um, but it's, it's fun. I fuck with it. Um, yeah, you know, probably due to, due to the, the, the adjustments made in, in the pixel remaster. So I got to pay some respects. Yeah, no, I mean, Hey, they did a good job. They did a good job with the pixel remasters. I'm happy for them. Great work. Uh, uh, never re-released these games again. Well, that's what I kind of realized playing playing them is I'm like, there's something about the name Pixel Remaster that like it is Square Enix subtly stating that this is it for the golden era one through six Final Fantasy games. Like these are going to be the versions you just are going to have for a long ass fucking time. Well, probably I imagine that these pixel remasters are going to be updated once again for PS5 and Series X and Switch. 
and they're going to be like updated versions of what we have on mobile and PC, probably taking a lot of feedback from the mobile and PC audience. Like I assume the text and stuff will be fixed for the inevitable console ports of these games. But yeah, like again, outside of some small issues I have with the art uh, in, in base text, like from a core gameplay perspective, it really makes these like RPGs very like fun, like gamey uh, adventures. Good stuff. Yeah, it is fun to just think about like what is the appeal of Final Fantasy One? Like to a Final Fantasy fan, what is the appeal of this game with no plot? The plot of Final Fantasy One is told to you in three dialogue boxes at the end of the video game like so if you're one of these people who like final fantasy 6 was like the game that made you say like wow games can be art games can be these sweeping operatic masterpieces like what the fuck is the appeal of final fantasy 1 to you like i would love i would love to know that to meet that guy because most people in america their exposure to final fantasy are the story based ones and like the ones that are pure mechanics like ff5 and, and ff2 and ff3 like we didn't get that shit we didn't play yeah. that shit we played which, we which played is, the one with the stories except yeah, for ff1 which is not mechanically inclined and it's not story inclined it's just like a little experience it's a little adventure you have with yourself i'll tell you i'll tell you what my what the appeal of ff1 is for me is it, it it comes down to the party. It comes down to when you open the fucking game and you hear the prelude and you just see the fucking screen of the four guys and it's like, pick your fucking party. And you name them, you name your guys after your fucking stupid friends. And you end it. Yeah, you, 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 name, you name them Squez and, and, uh. And, and uh, oh my god, what were the names? It was Squez and... And, and Bryn. Yeah, Bryn. Cone, Cone. Yeah, Cone, yeah. Squez, Cone. Cone. Sam. Viney and Sam. Yeah. yeah. I did my, uh, I, I did my, my core, but my, my core group of buddies, uh, shout out, uh, Anat, Bryce, Lucas, what up? As my, as my, um, black belt, black mage and thief respectively. And then I was the, the fighter and it's just fun. It's just like, cause you had this group because then you post in your group chat. Oh, check out the fucking squad and you make fun of the thief and you make fun of your, your friend who's the thief because he keeps fucking dying early on. has to get revived at the fucking church. And then you make fun of your friend who's the black mage who offers nothing in 90% of encounters. But then, but then everyone classes up. Everyone gets new fucking spells except for the black belt um, or the grandmaster or whatever he, he levels up into. The master. Thank you. Um, and then you, you, you unlock flare and you just use flare in every encounter and black mage, uh, black sage, right? Uh, black, black wizard, wizard. black, black wizard. wizard just becomes the best, the best character in your party. And, uh, and the black, uh, grandmaster can does more, like does thousands of damage to enemies. And it's just great. Like the, the class promotion is so good. It doesn't really do anything. It doesn't really do anything. Like you can get, you get haste for ninja, 
which is like the only like which is the only useful spell I found of of the party level ups. All the white mage spells for the fighter were worthless. I felt um, because cure it's like cure. Sorry, this heals forty. This heals forty damage. It's nothing. Um, and Null Blaze for some reason kept missing my party members. Um, yeah, that's because so, Null Blaze is a broken spell. Yeah, it still sucks. It's still worthless. It doesn't work. Um, but I will say that a, a a person's enjoyment of Final Fantasy One comes down to if they fought War Mech. Because fighting War Mech, it you don't get anything from doing it. But it's just there as a rare enemy that's really hard. And if you fight, you get a lot of money, which you don't need. Because I was maxed out on Gil by the time I fought him. So money was irrelevant. And you get a lot of XP too, which is cool or whatever. But you just fight War Mech Miles for the love of the game. And that's how I feel, is I fought War Mech out of 10. That's my review of Final Fantasy 1. <laughs> It it is funny because you had astronomically poor luck finding Warmech and you just refused to move on with the game. Uh, I I I leveled up no joke. I actually like took a look at the save save my save from the last time I saved. I leveled up ten levels. At, at, at least eight. At least eight were during the grind for Warmech. Which is really obnoxious, by the way, because when looking for him, you have to make sure your party's at relative health. See, you can't just, like, numbly do it. You have to, ever, every few matches, heal everyone up so they're relatively topped off, just in case you come across the bastard. Because they'll one-shot, you know, your thief and shit. Um, or, no, I had Black Man. I had Ninja at this point, or the, the, the promoted classes. But, yeah, 3 and 64, apparently, which I don't believe. 3 and 64 well, were, you, were you on the bridge? Yes, I was on the bridge the entire okay, time. So I look and I looked up video like after five minutes of grinding. I'm I'm gonna look up video of someone running into the counter to make sure I'm in the exact spot I need to be. And I checked, and it still took fifty fucking minutes. Um, I have no idea. I think no I think idea. about this a lot because like games are wonderful. We like games. We're big fans. Yes. Controversial statements here on Crack House today. Games are neat. Uh, some might call them based, if you will. Um. But like I, but the amount of times in which games can just suck by by the nature of of being RNG numbers based things, where sometimes things don't happen for you. Because like I was talking to um, a friend of the podcast, Mulgar, uh, who was replaying Ocarina of Time a couple of weeks ago now. And he was saying, like, yeah, I really like the first phase of Twin Robo, but the second phase is so boring because I thought that she was going to lob fire and ice magic interchangeably and I have to dodge one and absorb the other. But she only lobbed three of, e of a kind each time. And I said, that's not how that fight is supposed to go. Like, she is supposed to change up 50-50 between her spells. So, like, yeah. in a coin toss, heads and tails... You got heads nine times. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty fucking brutal. And also, Miles, can, let me. This is something I've been thinking about a lot recently. That I that I I want more of in video games, and that I'm really sick of seeing in other games. And it's, I I'm done with the cinematic boss fight. I'm done with the fight 
that requires you to wait around for the boss to just allow you to hit them. I think they're all really obnoxious and boring. And they're not very interesting. And I would much rather boss fights use the fucking mechanics of the game and let me just fight a stronger enemy with the mechanics. Well, Instead of either cutting this. to cutscene or making me fight people who are just openly vulnerable only at specific times. Well, it's funny you say this because I was thinking about the final boss of Curse of the Moon. Because that final boss is a lot of fucking waiting for, yeah. for openings, right? And I, and I was like, when you have a fight that has two phases and one of them transitions between this long fucking screen... Like, it kind of works more to have that fight be this kind of, like, cerebral, like, you gotta dodge the attacks. You can't tank through it. You gotta do it the right fucking way. There's no other options in this case. You do it You you do it my way or the highway. Like, that yeah. makes a lot of sense for a game like that. Like, like what? And, and, of course, that gives it the opportunity to be grand and to have these big epic attacks that are actually not that hard to deal with. But they look scary. And, and oh, it's yeah. all about the staging. Um, dude, when you finish the, the Zangetsu route where it's just you and you don't actually have any of the powers, the fucking ending of that fight is so You can only hit her once sick. at, probably one, once at a time, right? Uh, I mean, you can use the, the ball and chain. I, I think you literally can't use any weapon that isn't the ball and chain. I think, I think that fight is a net fucking loss unless you have the ball and chain. Okay. Because um, I know you can, you can build up, uh, MP and stuff. Yeah. So I guess you, yeah, you could stand in on one of the platforms when those come down and, and spam her. Okay. I think, yeah, I think that's all you can do because you don't have enough height otherwise. Oh, I, I you could jump off and and hit her, but you would only get one one. Yeah, hit there's on, no good reason to do that, so you may as well. But you know what's a game that I that I feel like I'm noticing this this with the or the the reactions to a game that I feel has been funny. The the reaction surrounding Bayonetta 3's trailer and coming back and how everyone is just very positive on Bayonetta 3. And I feel like it's one of the those like best kept industry secrets, like media secrets, where that like real ones fucking hate Bayonetta 2. Yes. And I can't imagine any of those. I, I, I don't run in those circles. No, not, not I don't know people if they're are like Bayonetta 3. I, I have a sneaking suspicion. From everything that I've seen from the trailers, they're going to dislike Bayonetta 3. There's no way they like it, right? Like, there's no, no it's way. it's not happening. It's not happening. Especially because they have a new director who... And this director, to me, is based as fuck because he did the fucking level design for Metal Gear Solid Five Ground Zeroes. The one everyone liked. The map everyone liked. Camp oh, Omega. Yeah. Camp he Omega, fucking designed baby. that shit. And so, so he's, he's in my, he's a good guy in my book, but like he's, he's only done like systems designs and game design for like Astral Chain and Scalebound. And like, we only have Astral Chain to go off of because Scalebound, we don't even know how it played really. Like yeah. we know, we know how it played towards the point where it got canceled, but like, we don't really know how it was supposed to play originally. And that's it you know it's it's like like what we only have one game to base his his chops off of and everything i've seen seems like they're going for the bayonetta 2 style they want it to be 
uh, relatively, you know, accessible. You have these really big enemies who don't stagger, who you just punch a lot of a lot of times, and you have these really cool attacks where you summon the monsters and they do, you know, and, and they and they, and they fight damage. for you. Yeah, they do yeah. big damage, which is basically Umbrin Climax, which is a system everybody hated. So like, real ones are not gonna like Bayonetta three. It's not happening. So yeah, it is. It is, but it's just it has been funny. To see that, like, this this series that is completely transformed, that, like, start that started and became a cult hit because of its gameplay. Because I gotta be honest, there's not a lot, there's not a lot <laughs> to it about Bayonetta 1 narratively. Well, people that... like the style. Like, people are really into, like, the, the style. Like, the story they don't care about. But the cutscenes are fun, and people like the cutscenes. Yeah, it's Which very. Counts. I that counts. I I find it aesthetically. I find Bayonetta aesthetically very of its of its era. Um, it's very like black and brown with like some purple. Well, it's also and, gold. That the big the big difference yeah, is they gold. they swapped out brown for gold. I would describe the color palette of that game as gilded. Yeah, that's pretty fair. Um, and then Bayonetta 2 spices it up with, like, really, really harsh, like, crimson red and, like, blue. Deep blue. Oh, the blue in that game is gorgeous. Can I just say the the best blue in any video game, in my opinion, is the default dark blue from Splatoon 1, dude. Oh, my God. That's a great, dude, that's a killer fucking blue. When you get the orange versus blue fight in Splatoon, dude, oh, that's the best. I mean, that is what Splatoon 1 is defined by, is the orange and blue yeah coloring yeah which is uh, why which is why i think one of the many reasons splatoon 2 ain't it is is like the green and red it's like get that shit out of it's green and pink oh yeah green and pink oh yeah I mean, get that shit out of here get that fucking shit out of here i want my my vibrant fucking sunset orange versus my deep ocean blue i want my favorite blue blue which my favorite episode, blue by the way is yeah my favorite blue no i want my favorite blue blue. is sonic adventure 2 sonic blue oh that's That's the best shade blue that's the the best shade of blue he's ever looked is is him in sa2 um oh i did let's do a let's do a top five blues in games and i'll I'll let you start okay top five blue in games definitely and it doesn't have to be literally five four three two one but Okay, yeah, definitely Sonic Adventure 2 Blue is definitely on there. I definitely want to put Mega Man Blue also on there. Not the Cyan, but the... Uh, the darker blue the, that he's got. The darker blue. Or the sky blue, um, I should say. Is really iconic looking and really great. Um, I also... I also really like the blue... I like the blue on the Mario Kart 8 logo, oh. the, the Mobius strip. Oh, that's such a nice blue. It's a nice blue. light, uh, again, a lighter sky blue, but that's really yeah. nice. Oh, it's so nice. Uh, I like, uh, oh, I like the 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 Super Mario Brothers 2 
Mario Blue on oh, and his Nintendo overalls? Power. Oh. Yeah, yeah. When he get my blue overall, oh, I'm sorry, red overall Mario is what I mean, where he's got the blue hat. Yes, uh, and it's inverse. Yes, that blue is really nice. I feel like I'm missing. Like there's so there's so much blue I'm missing. <laughs> what about oh. Jackie Brown's blue? Jackie Brown's blue is up there for me. That's definitely when it comes to all time best blues. That's a top five for all time best blues. But we're we're sticking just to oh we're sticking to games. Blues. Okay, we're sticking to games. Okay. I'm trying to think of some fighting fighting game characters. Oh, there's some good fighting game that blues. feature a lot. I, of... I know I know my fighting game blue. I know mine. Let me hear yours uh, while while I continue. Now I do I do have brain. to look up the characters. Name. Oh oh dude dude Strider Blue. Oh the Strider Blue. Strider dude Strider Blue, especially with that fucking red scarf he has. It's oh, that so shit's... so good. That's heat. Okay. That's heat. All right. So I I've got I'm gonna start with a nice deep pull from a fighting game. Okay. I'm talking about the Melty Blood Shiki Tono Blue. Oh, is that the character? I That's the one with like the blue suit. He's got the daggers and the glasses. Oh, dude, dude, this is uh, this is Yugi blue. It's the Yugi uniform. Fucking Kaiba ass looking motherfucker. That's the good shit. That's and they say melty characters don't have drip, Miles. Dude, and they say melty characters don't drip. have drip. Melty characters got the fucking drip like you would not believe. These people, these people are fucking clowning. If they think that that melty games don't have the drip, okay. All right, so this, yeah, this guy fucks. No, that's that now, and now here's a classic Miles Blue. Here's a classic. This is the OG Miles Blue. This is the blue that made blue my favorite color. The fucking Zora tunic blue from Ocarina oh, that's of a, Time. Such a good. That's a great blue. blue. Dude, especially when when you have the blue with the fucking Hillian tune, uh, Hillian shields blue, and they're just on each other. He's got the red from the shield, but the blue also from the shield. Oh my god, it's so good. That's a great. That's a. That's like one of my. That's a really great. Uh, great color. Although I like in the, in the late game, uh, my favorite is is the is the Goron. Team, yeah, no, the you. Red one, that's the thing because when, it matches the mirror shield. Yeah, so when well. when you get the mirror shield. Off with the blue, on with the red. That's how you finish the game out. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, also, shout out the Zora. Also, shout out the Zora tunic from Twilight Princess. That's a good a blue darker too. Blue, it, that's a good. But blue. I like the ornateness of the outfit. I like that it has flippers on it. And yeah. It actually, looks like he can swim with it. Yeah, like, it no, makes it's pretty it looks cool. Like it would help him swim. Um, it's, shout it's out got that by cool the way. We got like, a helmet thing going on too. Yeah, let's let's shout out a couple of of water. Oh, some some good water in games. Yeah, the Wind Waker water, such a good water, is, especially when it is, has the sea great. foam. Oh yeah, the the stylized sea foam that they do it's really curvy. That yeah, it's great. Um, shout out Mario Sunshine. I was gonna Honestly, say the a lot same thing. A lot of fucking do Mario. Does Mario Sunshine have the best, like some of the best water? Absolutely, no, two hundred percent. I mean, it looks definitely better than the water in like Galaxy. Yeah, like, some of the water in Galaxy is fucking great. But that's a good um, point though, because I was gonna actually say my third favorite blue is the Super Mario Galaxy Astral Observatory blue space. When you look out in space and it's just a, a yes. dark blue void. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, that 
Mario Galaxy will be defined by blue space. Yeah. Forever. Can, can, you, can you name another piece of media that used blue space? No, it's always purple. It's always purple. It's yeah. always black. Black, yeah, black or like a darkish purple. Dude, like dude white, space like is black. Space belongs to the black community. Speaking of, of things that belong to the black community, Toad now belongs to the That's black true, community. yeah, with Keegan-Michael Key. He's, Toad yeah. is black. Confirmed. Yeah, Toad is black. But yeah, no, good water. Good water in games. Um, I do want to shout out in Splatoon the Mahi Mahi Resort water. Nothing makes me feel like summer more than that water. It's a shame that oh. it kills you, but oh, it's so nice to look at. Dude, dude. The the blue. All every all the blue in Wave Race Blue Storm. Oh my god. Such a that good is a water. that's a blue fucking game. That's a blue ass fucking game. The best part is you know, uh, the best part about it is it's not just blue, but it's a fucking lagoon blue. Yeah. Laguna blue. Uh, and all the menus and stuff are really blue in that game, and they have the waves. Oh, you know, uh, you know, what's very a, pleasant. You know, we got a shout out the Final Fantasy blue menus. Oh, iconic. Oh yeah. What 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 brought the series together? According to the the game director. Very true. It's is, the blue is menu. What, what, what brings all the file the classic Final Fantasy games together? Blue text boxes. I learned that by watching Action Button. Very cool. Thank you, Tim Rogers. Um, yeah, and then they ruin it in Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, yeah, and they, they, and they never go back to the blue text boxes. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Water is kind of hard to think about because water has become so homogenized. Like, it's it's kind of hard no to see, say. like, great water anymore, you know? Because, like, it all looks well, I'm sure similar. It's, it's a fa- well, I'm sure probably people are using, like, pre pre done effects and stuff in unreal oh yeah or or whatever engine engine that they're deciding to do stuff in um because clearly there's no reason to do your own fucking water when you can just take some uh, you know shit that looks good enough and just put it pop it in your fucking game oh yeah um, yeah and it looks fine and um, the spider-man water very famous water oh dude that is some famous water um oh dude shout out the ultimate suit in in uh in Spider-Man on PS4, the Ultimate Suit and uh, the 2099 suit, both those blues are great. Ten out of ten blue, quality blue. Here's the thing, because I've been naming deep blues, and we all know my fourth favorite. How my my fourth blue that I'm choosing is obviously, and this might even be my my number one favorite blue is the Splatoon blue, which we've already okay. pointed out. But like, it's a great blue, yeah, great blue. But like, it is interesting because like I love a nice light blue i mean like the miku blue i love but none of my favorite blues are light blue it's always a nice dark blue I, i'm in the same boat i've always i've always fucked with uh with with the dark blue that's always been like my favorite go-to color um i'm oh, scrolling I know, I know what my fifth favorite blue is i know what my fifth favorite blue is and this this is an obvious one the sam porter bridges uh bridges suit blue that is oh that like really really dark grayish blue yeah nice and washed out yeah i i can appreciate that um 
I'm scrolling through my, I have my Steam library pulled up. Always good to scroll through this to get some ideas of some really some good blue shit. Binary Domain is like a white and blue game. That game has some nice, uh, nice, again, very gray, like silver-ish blue like uh, like Saber Wolf from Killer Instinct, he's like this, he, like blue to white, um, like gr- almost gradient on him. He's got a very pretty blue. Um, it's a nice cobalt blue. Yeah, cobalt's a great, yeah, perfect, perfect uh, word to use. That's always a, that's a cobalt's a very pretty color. Um, shout out the blue in uh. fucking trails in the sky out fucking no <laughs> i'm looking through i'm just probably yeah i'm mega yeah we already talked about mega man uh sam i saw something terrible this week Please, oh yeah yeah we did set this up earlier in the and we only we all and and we only did. got 15 minutes so uh whatever we have to sacrifice to make this 30 minutes long um <laughs> i'm sorry i'm i'm really sorry to uh uh, talking about Zelda again. We'll cut that shit. Who cares? I don't care. Who gives a shit anymore? Um, well, what crazy shit did you what happened this week? Well, Sam, it is no secret on this podcast that I have said some very misogynist things. Always in jest, of course. Always for humor. Um, but my my recent job at the lumber mill <laughs> contacted me, <laughs> HR, and they said, Miles J. Man, buddy, we heard your podcast. First of all, we really like the episode where you almost vomit because someone does a parody of um of of Wake Up Kids. We got the Dreamers disease. Uh, we like that one a lot. Justin gets AIDS, but some of the shit you say on your show, man, it just ain't right. It ain't right, especially about women. Um, we respect women here at the Lumber Mill, and and you need. You need to learn how to be a better feminist. And I said, okay, what do you want? We doing sensitivity training. We doing, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, sexual harassment in the workplace. Like, I'm open for it, man. I want to be a good feminist. What are we doing? And they said, no, Miles, you have to sit down and watch Full Well 73, produced by James Corden, starring Camilla Cabela, Cinderella on Amazon. Why'd you, why, why'd you do that? Because... We talk a lot about the the sliding scale of willing to unwilling movie viewing. When you go see a movie, you want to see it, right? And it doesn't matter. Yeah, for example, know. tonight, we're recording this in the afternoon because tonight I am going to see Venom, Let There Be Carnage, which is a movie I am very excited to see. Yeah, and so that's a movie you are going to see. Now, there are some yes. movies that you go to see, right? There's some movies you go to see. There are some movies... That you're taking. Fuck, this is funny. This is funny. I've never thought about this distinction before, but this is absolutely true. I've absolutely done this before, where I've said, "Oh yeah, I'm 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 going to see this for." Oh yeah, I've go like. <laughs> I've done. I've. That, that's the thing. Like like the language is really important because if you're taken to see something. It implies a level of unwillingness. Now you might enjoy the film. You might not enjoy the film. And we have we have referenced this many times. The two that we bring up the most on Crack House is I was conned into seeing this film, and I was yes. trafficked into seeing this film. 
And now, now, of course, for those who did listen to the the show we did on Malignant last week, I'm pretty sure was it. Yes. Um, the difference between if you were trafficked to a movie, that means that you were with a group of people and that you were forced or at or typically heavily persuaded into attending the film that you did not want to be at. Con is when you were tricked into seeing something or you were, you were, you didn't really want to see something, but someone convinced you to do it. And of your own volition, you booted up the movie. That's being conned into seeing something. So I am about to say this. I was capital T trafficked to see Amazon's Cinderella starring Kamiya Kabea. Okay. And Sam, let me tell you about second wave feminism. Now, this is a secret. Second. This is a secret that, that no one knows on Krakos. Because I like to make offensive jokes. I like to say awful things. I like to throw minorities and, and gender minorities under the bus because it's really funny. Um, but I, I have an... I You're have Jewish. A, I'm, I'm Jewish. I'm black. Uh, all the, all <laughs> that's the, the, all uh, the excuses. That's, all that's the, the excuses. secret. That's the secret. I have that's trans uh, the, friends. The, the I, all the excuses. All the excuses that make me impervious to, to your fucking critiques um, about, about the garbage I spew on this show. My secret superpower is that I'm actually extremely... Uh, socially aware and kind of kind of woke like i know shit and i could articulate shit to you but i choose not to because i think that the most woke thing that a man can do is just not fucking explain feminism to people i think it it's 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 this the mark of a sex pest um if there's a man explaining to you male or female uh you as in the person being explained to feminism that man has has or will rape that is a criminal that man will get canceled that man he will, will get, get canceled in six to six to twelve months but when i say that i'm going to talk about second wave feminism it's because that for those who don't know is the wave of feminism from the 70s um you know in which in which people started the voting looking. one right no voting was first wave feminism that's that's like 1920 susan 19 okay. 1919 or 1918 um no it might have even been 1917 susan b anthony very famously uh you know the suffragettes and all that um very very like i think that's kind of like everyone knows that 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 the 70s was more focused on uh domestic issues work issues um and issues of reproductive rights uh things like abortion women being able to get divorces things like that um so this movie's about getting a divorce no cinderella movie no it's it's written by a woman named Kay cannon and Kay cannon wrote what i can only describe as my mortal enemy in cinema form the pitch perfect films now, this is another thing no one knows about me. I have only walked out of one movie in my lifetime. Wow. And it was Pitch Perfect. And the moment that broke me. Wow. The moment that fucking broke me. I was with my older sister and her ex-boyfriend at the time. And um, we were sitting there. We were watching the film. We weren't laughing. We were deeply uncomfortable. We hated it. And then there was this one joke where where someone kept saying, like, Akka. And then anything that had like a C or, or a P at the end of it. So like Aka please or like Aka peasants, Aka pedophile, yeah. like things like that. Right. And so one of them just broke the format and she went, 
Ak, excuse me. And we all looked at each other silently and we all stood up and we left the theater and we just called our parents to take us home uh, because we were done. And ever since then, I have not forgiven Kay Cannon or her fucking bowel movement, the Pitch Perfect franchise. But they said, don't hey, they don't they do spy shit in the third one? Yes. Don't they like stop a criminal organization? In the I don't know. I mean, I know shit? I know that they do some espionage shit, but I, I assume that it was because they were trying to like win the competition. And, and so it was like a like a wedding crashers kind of thing where like they, you know, they they fuck. I think I up. saw the, the finale on cable TV. I think they're held up at gunpoint at, at one point in the in the third one. That's insane. These movies suck. Um, Like. I haven't seen them all to completion, but they suck. I know this because I can feel it in me bones. Um, but they said, you know who should helm our 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 Hispanic driven jukebox musical is Kay Cannon, the writer of the Pitch Perfect films. Now she did a show on Netflix in 2017 called Girl Boss, and Girl Boss mm. is a meme now. But I, I think it's possible the origins of the girl boss meme belong to Kay Cannon. And I I know. No, I I might be wrong on this. I'm pretty sure I'm like 90% sure that the origins of the girl boss meme stem from Rachel Hollis, who is this now sort of disgraced like promotion uh, uh, motivational speaker. For women, particularly like moms in their 30s and 40s, she made a metric fuck ton of money doing living the girl boss lifestyle. And she sold girl boss merch and shit with like that phrase on it. So I think she was the one who like initiated that phrase, which has now become a meme to make fun of these types of women. Um, so she's a grifter. Yeah. Sam. It's not a con man. It's a con woman. No. No, it's... No, you're still a con man. Because man's just the... It's just the, Sam, the suffix. I'm with her. I'm with Hillary Clinton, Sam. I'm with her. Yeah, I I'm with her, too. I'm just saying it's a fucking... It's a fireman. No, it's, it's a not fire, a fire woman. Sam, no, fire no, man, man is the suffix. Woman. You need to see this film too because you're a bad. No, women, women are women, and if they fight fires, they're they're firemen. Excuse me, they're fire. You know, if women, women if women fight fires, they're they're firemen. They're fire women, Sam. <laughs> and this is this is what you know, and and this or, is or, why this is why we need. It's not that it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of oh, a deal. Oh, it is a big of a deal, Sam. Because you know what? Because women. Did you know that women are oppressed? Did you know that women sometimes are not allowed to do politics? Did you know that women sometimes can't own businesses? <laughs> These are all issues that are addressed in Camille Cabea's film. Okay, women can have businesses. Women can be in politics. Sometimes husbands are wrong. Stunning revelations from this film. Released in 2021. Now nah, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. It's all bullshit, Sam. This movie, you're telling me this movie feature, like, is a, you're telling me the Cinderella movie is about women in politics, women owning businesses, and 
and husbands being wrong. Yes. All three of these I can exist in mo- in movies. I just don't expect them to be in this Cinderella movie. Oh, no, they're all in this film. And let me explain. So, the film is a jukebox musical. And th- this is the rest of the episode. If, you, if you're getting a two-hour episode this week, you're getting a two-hour episode week. Um, it's a jukebox musical, which means that it takes, you know, famous radio hits or, you know, songs that people recognize. Oh, so it's a musical, but with songs people know and like. Yeah, yeah. But amend songs people know and like to songs people know and will now hate. And, and also because it's Amazon, it's, it's Amazon in this, I'm assuming the budget wasn't crazy. The the music is they 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 kind of cheap that no no it's that. all like legit kind of kind of significant music significant like real ass songs that people are connected with so so the film opens with a, a favorite of it mine. doesn't open on dynamite by like Tayo Cruz or anything like super dated right no no it opens on a favorite of well actually all the music's dated but it's like classics right like oh, shit, okay, shit that's, anyone that's can recognize so like it opens on a favorite of mine and and. This was the first time a, a film has ever molested me. Um, yeah, what opened on Mr. Blue Sky? No, oh no, dude. We could talk about about how Mr. Blue Sky has only ever been in one good movie ever. Um, but no, it opened on Janet Jackson's "Rhythm Nation," which is one of my okay. favorite songs. But the the reason that they sang "Rhythm Nation" is not because this is a land of music. The, so the point of "Rhythm Nation" is that it's a song about social justice. It's saying we all have to come together. We have to be in harmony and in rhythm, and we have to stand up. We for have the right to thing. be the rhythm nation. Yeah, like we like it's, she's dressed in nation. like a Jotaro Kujo outfit that's kind of like military style, and like they're all okay. like in a like they're they're the idea is that they're a, a militia, an army of social justice people, social justice warriors, if you will. Um, yes, and and so, but in this rendition of the song, they're saying we are all in rhythm because we're all passive to. Uh, a very to a system that um, that tells us what to do. We are a part of the rhythm nation, and I'm like, no, no, you're using the song wrong. You're you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Janet Jackson, may she rest in peace. I think um, <laughs> is 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 rolling in her grave. I think. I'm not, is she dead? I don't know. I didn't check. Uh, uh, hold on, I'm a, I'm gonna confirm right now. Janet Jackson. I think she's alive. She might be dead. She's probably dead. She's. Uh... Please say dead. Please say dead. She's Please alive. Dead. Fuck! Oh, I was wrong. I was wrong. Hey, she was born in Gary, Indiana. Well, she's fucking Michael Jackson's sister. Of course she's born in Gary. He was also born in Gary. Well, I didn't know that he was born in Gary. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, no, she's still alive. She's, uh, she was born in 1960, May 16th, 1966. Oh, nice. No, 55, she's... 55 years old. One of us. Um, Yes. One of us. Yeah. I'm sure she'd fit right in if she was a guest on. We, I would like to have her on the fucking podcast. We could talk to her about how misused her song about her song is, uh, yeah. sing, is holding hands and singing Kumbaya was used to, uh, to support corporatism in the Cinderella movie. Yeah. So everyone's singing about how they're a part of the Risen Nation, except for Camilla Cabea, who, of course, plays Ella. Her name is not Cinderella. It's Ella. I, I don't like but here's the deal. Here's the deal. When do they call her Cinderella, if at all, in the movie? They call her Cinderella once. Okay, so by the way, because because this movie has Okay, to, I'm not okay with that. This movie has to be offensive to everything. They got Billy Porter to be the fairy godmother, right? And we're getting into a very interesting discussion about Billy Porter in a moment. Um, but Billy Porter, uh, LGBTQ icon, beloved by most people, very flamboyant, very th- musical theater 
esque person, right? Um, so of course, very popular selection to 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 do this. Um, but they have them say the blackest fucking like like black and gay shit they possibly can for all of all of Billy Porter's dialogue. Um, so Billy Porter uh, is narrating the film, and and they say. Um, oh, and Cinderella, uh, uh, this is Ella. They call her Cinderella because because she's always cleaning and sometimes she's covered in cinder. And that's the only time anyone says Cinderella in the film. So, Fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck that. So if you if you imagine the fairy, you know, or not the fairy godmother. So imagine the evil stepmother, right? So we imagine the evil stepmother. She's like a bitch. She's an awful, horrible woman. She abuses Cinderella, you know, and her, her sisters are terrible people, right? No. She's just misunderstood. She just wants she she just believes in a system where women can only be good husbands. They got to get married because if a woman dreams too much, her dreams are going to get crushed. She's just here to protect Cinderella from the harsh reality of this this When does we take place? Uh in a fantasy world, presumably in the 1500s when the original story took place. So they don't drive cars or anything. No. No, they don't drive cars. It doesn't like take place in our world. No, no, it's not. It's not like like it's not like this is the story of of Cinderella working in an office. No, this is still a fantasy world. Oh, we're just getting started. So Tim. we're just getting started. So so it's like so I thought that this was gonna be like. A modern retelling of Cinderella, like you imagine her going which, to the prom, right, instead of the ball, or so yeah, or even or even she does go to the ball, but or like or some kind of shit where it's like set in the states, and you know she's like a character. And yeah, you're right. Maybe it is prom or some high school equivalent. And that's <laughs> she what I thought. The Christmas social at her office party. Yeah, and that's where where I thought uh uh what what Bob Porter is that, that Billy Porter, Billy Porter excuse me, um I was like oh okay they're gonna bring them in to play the the, the godmother character and it's gonna be like this this like twenty twenty one take on the character you're telling me that's not it it takes place in a fucking castle and all this yep dumb takes place shit? in a castle in the court in the country with a king and a queen and a prince and a princess. Um, all this shit, right? So I can't believe this, dude. I yeah. actually can't. I'm actually blown away. I can't so, fucking believe the this. The problem is I have to speed run this movie. And I and you just can't. There's too much. There's it too much. It does take place in a fucking castle. What the fuck? I thought they had like smartphones or whatever in this in this one. No. No. They just sing Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation and they do it wrong. So they sing these modern songs, but it still looks like it's it's like the candlelit, you know, yeah, shit. The candlelit era, the okay. horse manure era, if you will. Okay, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna stop gawking at this. You can, you can get back to the, the, the summary. All right. So Ella's dream is to be a dressmaker, but of course, women can't own businesses. The prince, of course, is a very handsome man who just wants to have. Fun. Yeah, dressmaking's for men. Dressmaking's for men, Sam. Yeah. What do you? What do you? What do you? What do you? Chicks trying to make your own dresses. Your own what outfits? the fuck? Are you kidding of... me? 
Only yeah, what the men, fuck kind of shit is that? Which, by the way, implies that these men are probably gay, which means that this society is actually very progressive because they allow gay men to be open and out about themselves. But women can't own businesses. They let men, they let men be godmothers in this. Uh, well, okay, so here's the thing uh, about Billy Porter. Billy Porter is a non-binary. Is he, or is he non, non-binary? Non-binary individual, which is fine. Okay. You know, n- you know, n- neither here nor there. Uh, they're, I think they identify as gay, kinky. They, they're from kinky boots. I don't, I don't really know. I'm not... I don't know. I don't suck dicks. I don't really care about musical theater. Um, musical. I just um, if you're if you're 25 and still really into musical theater, you should you should just consider like I don't know, like get a different hobby. Consider like have you considered picking up tiddlywinks recently? Like I don't know, something respectable, something respectable. So of course you know. The prince wants to be a good, you know, good good man. He wants to be free. He doesn't want to be the, the king. He doesn't want to marry someone he doesn't love. Um, and so our second song is, of course, Queen's Somebody to Love, sung by the prince because he wants somebody to love. Now, his sister, the princess, is, like, super annoyingly woke and always talking about, like, political issues. But, like, the problem is, okay, so she is our, like, sort of feminist icon and politically active icon. But she's a fucking joke character, and she's the most annoying, unlikable character. Because, like, she'll just be in the middle of something. Like, everyone will be in the middle of talking about, like, family drama. And she'll be like, is now a good time to bring up that I think we spend too much money on catapults? I believe that the military-industrial complex is getting too much of our money. And it's like, oh, my God, shut the fuck. Up. I would have turned the movie off. Yeah. I would have turned the movie no, off. No one wants scene. to be around this this bitch, but we're supposed to like her because she's she's fucking woke. Even though they treat her like she's a like like the most obnoxious, annoying, unfun person to be around, um, and that she's a fucking nuisance. Yeah. So what are they trying to say? Uh, that women. What are they trying to say? Or do they be... actually believe like what the what the 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 princess is? is saying here is that what the movie's trying to present or is the movie trying to present her as an obnoxious annoying no, bitch no I, I think they support everything that she's trying to say i think the point is we're supposed to be like oh my god she's so right and these men won't listen to her they won't listen so so of course cinderella uh wants to go to the ball cinderella wants to go to the ball she makes her own dress um and oh and she tries to sell the dress this is this is one of those moments that like fucking booms me because she goes into the market and the prince escapes the castle he does his aladdin thing where where, like princess jasmine he dresses up as a commoner and he walks around so he sees ella trying to sell a dress and she's selling it for five gold pieces and the dress includes a brooch given to her by her dead mom And she's like, I'm also selling this brooch with the dress because I know between a sentimental object and a dream, my mom would want me to sell her brooch, even though it's it's my last, like, possession of hers. And, like, Damn. fair, very fair in, like, a real-world practical circumstance, but not very movie-like. It was one of the most, like, like, oh, you don't realize how this sounds in a film, do you? Like, how callous and awful this sounds when presented as a script with, like, a character we just met. And and they try and, they try and like, present her as quirky. Like, at one point, she, like, sits on top of a statue to hear the king announce things. And the king is like, hey, get off the statue. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. I thought this was a seat. You know, like, she's, you know, she's trying to be, like, like Zach Braff goofy. And Fuck it goes on this for, like, movie, two minutes. Dude. Oh my god, we're not even at we're not even at the best parts. So the the fairy godmother shows up, right? The thing yes. is, Kay Cannon, who is ninety five years old, and still thinks that 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 women don't have the right to vote, and is still mad about Donald Trump. 
um, says fairy's a slur. Fairy's a gay slur. We can't have a, a you know a, a, a self-identifying gay man be a fairy. Okay, pixie. Yeah. That said, we're still going to call them a godmother, even though they're non-binary, and that's the and we're assigning a gender. And it's like you screwed it up. This is this is the problem with. And I say this all the time with these woke. Fucks. The problem is that is that they go for the most surface level issue and they don't fucking think about the implications that they're actually fucking making. So of course they call him the fa- they call them the fabulous godmother, right? They call him the fabulous godmother. So they're still assigning a gender to the godmother role. Yeah, be- like, be- because because Miles only nine non-binary people can be fabulous. That's yeah, the that's, that's the, the that's the thing. Here. So that's they can't the big just, they, they can't say I'm I'm your fabulous godparents. And 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 just and just have everyone be like, oh, non-binary people are real. They they're not just fantasy creatures. They're real. Um, and so Billy Porter, uh, who is black, dude, Billy Porter is black. Sings the only like funk song in the film because two steps Cause he's, back because he's the only black character. Four steps <laughs> back. Yeah. So so. So the the fairy godmother, the fabulous godmother, gives um oh the dress is ruined. So the, so the, there's the scene where where the 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 stepmom is supposed to you know she's supposed to tear up the dress right like she she tears up the dress. You're not going to the ball. You're never your dreams are never coming true. Like you want that moment where she's like really awful. Instead she just throws ink on it, and it's like and it's like okay oh. all right she doesn't seem that bad. Like this woman is not that bad. Clearly they're gonna redeem her at some point in the film right. And so. Um, and so, so, uh, Billy Porter is like, you need a new outfit. And so he poofs his magic wand and puts her in the pants suit that Hillary Clinton wears. Because I'm with her. No. Not my president. This doesn't happen. Not my president. Miles, oh, I don't believe. Oh, it I, happens. I, Miles, in, I think, Sam, I think a Sam, third of the it's shit. it's in the trailer. It's in the trailer for the film, Samuel. And I encourage all our true crackheads to follow us on Twitter and also look up the trailer for Camille Cabea's Cinderella. I am going to look up the trailer, but Miles, I will not look up the trailer on Google Chrome. I'm going on incognito. All right, put, put put on the pants. Let's go. Let's see this. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> one of those moments where i wish that this was a video production because i've never <laughs> i have never seen more disappointment in sam's face in my life get over it it happened five years ago get fucking over it oh my god let it go let make like that other fucking Disney movie. That actually Disney movie that people like and give a shit about and let it fucking go. Make like that Wind Waker meme and let go. So they also turned the mice into footmen. The mice are, of course, played by two British comedians who I don't know. One of them is named James A. Caster. Another one is named... I don't know. I, don't, I thought I don't... it was James Corden. Yeah, and then the third one is James Corden. So there's two Jameses, right? And there's okay. a joke that in this film that has been bothering me forever, where James Corden, who is now a human being, says, guys, I just took a fucking piss. I just took a piss. You realize how humans pee, right? And someone says, yeah, you do it through the front tail. Now, here 
my friends, is where I think that K Cannon uh might be proof that uh that women aren't funny. <laughs> K Cannon might very well be proof, not that women aren't funny, but that women can't fucking read. Because if you Google mouse penis, what you'll discover is that mouse penises are actually very similar in anatomy to human penises. So much so that many clinical studies on the penis are done with mice and rats because they can effectively sub out for the male genitalia. If you are brave and intrepid, Google mouse Viagra and you will see that mouse penises look the same as ours. And so what this means is that Kay Cannon wrote in an excessive joke about James Corden talking about his penis and how excited he is to have a huge fucking human cock. When that makes no sense because mice, relative to their bodies, have massive fucking dicks. So in summation, never write a joke ever again. Either James Corden or Kay Cannon. Whoever the fuck did that one never write a fucking joke so of course ella goes to the ball ella goes to the ball to hawk her shitty fucking dresses her dresses are all awful she's the ugliest dressmaker i've ever seen she can't make a single good fucking dress and so of course she goes to the fucking ball i bet corella could kick her ass oh corella could kick her fucking ass dude as far as girl bosses go corella could corella would fucking shit down her neck dude she would well corella's successful in in the movie corella's like, corella's like actually just like a fucking like performance artist and like she's actually a good designer like that's the whole thing yeah she's actually good unlike the the the, the her mom or whatever in the movie yeah that unlike emma, emma thompson's character it's not a great film. So anyways, um, so she goes to the fucking ball. She's hawking these shitty fucking dresses. Nobody's yeah. biting. And and so here comes the queen of some African country, right? And the queen of the African country says like some shit like, like, um, uh, she says, oh, um, Ella says, oh, your highness. And she goes, uh, your highness was the man whose head I cut off to become the queen. Please call me by whatever my name is. And it's like, oh, she's a badass. She kills men. She's so fucking cool. I wish I could kill men like her. She's so fucking cool. Women can murder. Dude. I don't know if you know yeah, women, this. Women, women can commit war crimes. Women can commit war crimes. And possibly Women men. can commit coup d'etats on the government. It is really funny that that when a woman does it, we're supposed to think it's badass. When it's like, oh, actually, no, this is a this is a horrible thing you did. You just furthered a regime through violent bloodshed. I mean, maybe your country's better now. I don't know. I don't know. But like, like historically speaking, that's a very traumatic thing to do to a country, in general. Yeah. Um, but like, whatever. Let's assume in this world that that she's a wonderful ruler and everything she did is great, and that it actually is a girl boss moment. It's still a weird fucking moment in the film so she says ella i like your dresses because apparently i have a milky film in both of my eyes uh and so you should be my personal dressmaker meet me at four o'clock tomorrow and sail with me to this foreign country in africa and you can make all my fucking dresses she goes to fucking africa well here here in comes the dilemma is that the prince has fallen in love with her and wants to marry her but ella says no i have to choose my dream but before this I happens, have to go to Africa. Before this happens, Sam, we get a moment that I can only describe 
as the definitive stake through the heart of music itself, which is a ton of women in ball gowns of all of all ethnicities, of all gender expressions. There's like one woman who's like completely bald and she's like black. So, you know, they 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 immediately see the prince. And instead of going, we're independent women. He's an attractive man. But, you know, whatever happens tonight. Let's all be let's all be civil and girls. They instantly start singing "What a Man." Now, do you know the song "What a Man," Sam? No. It's it's a it's a song by by leg- I thought it was them. It's a song by legendary artists, legendary female artists in the R and B and rap community. Salt and Peppa. Okay. Okay. Well respected women in in the the rap community. Uh, some of the OGs, in fact. Um, but it's a musical theater rendition of "What a Man." And Sam, I am calling on the entire black community and all of black culture because I think that black culture should file a restraining order against musical theater itself. I think that musical theater should never be allowed within a 500 mile radius of a black person's art ever again because this was one of the most heinous moments of my life. Seeing a white woman say in an Ebonics accident, accent, I wanna have yo baby, might have killed me. It might have taken 10 or 20 years off of my life. I will live only to 50 now. It's like you got the, it gave you the Shinigami eyes, dude. It took half your it lifespan took, it and made you depressed because you can see when everybody dies. It gave me the Shinigami eyes. lose, eye, lose. What a fucking man. But then, oh, it gets worse, Sam. It gets worse. They don't end what a man, right? They don't end the song. They start playing Seven Nation Army and mashing the songs no. up. So you have a salt and pepper song mashed up with a seven with seven nation army. I, you know what that does? I think th- that's a situation where you combine it and both become worse. Like you took both things that you took both things that are great and you mashed them together and you added in a chemical X. And instead of getting the power puff girls, you got white women rapping with. Ubonics. <laughs> Ubonics, yes. Dude, it's like the opposite of a racist peanut More like top. eugenics. <laughs> Sam, it's like if they put the peanut butter on the outside of the Reese's peanut butter cup and the chocolate on the inside. That's what yeah, that you was. Touch your, your fingers get all sticky. Yeah, your fingers get sticky. There's not enough chocolate. There's too much peanut butter. That's what we got, Sam, is we got, we got a reverse Reese's peanut butter cup. It's like the Cheeto dust inside the Cheeto. <laughs> yeah. You bite into it, and it's like a gusher of Cheeto dust. Of hot it's Cheeto. like it's like it's like the Oreo, but it's the cream, the two cream, and and the cookie in the middle. Yeah, and worst part, it's double stuffed cookie. No, it's mega stuffed. Mega because it's cookie. mega mega white. Because it's mega white. What a man! Um, like this fucking shitty movie. So I'm just gonna get to the end of the film because because by by this point in the film, nothing else interesting happens except for the part where James Corden transforms back into a mouse, but his mouse body. I can't believe you didn't walk out of this movie. Oh no! I mean, it was in my fucking living room. <laughs> so, oh, I, so you just you just didn't put your foot down? Like I'm turning this off. We're not watching this. <laughs> I could have and I should have, but I didn't. Uh, I I knew it was gonna be good content. That's why. So. Uh, at some point, James Corden transforms back into a mouse, but because James Corden has to be the most embarrassing person alive, uh, he transforms partway into a mouse and partway into a human. So he has James Corden's human-sized head on a mouse body, and he's screaming, and he's like, ah, don't look at me, I'm hideous. I mean, that which is what he should be saying all the time, even when he's a human. Um, 
but they hang on this shot for maybe 30 seconds because I guess they thought this shit was really funny. That James Corden gets stuck between a mouse and a human. They thought that was comedy fucking platinum. Not just gold. Mouse, platinum. How long how long is this movie? Two hours. Oh. Oh. What? Like this episode. It's two hours. So I just want to say you could choose a crack house episode. Or you could choose or... to watch Camille Cabea's Cinderella. Which do you choose? Now, now, Miles. Let me. I want to share one thing about. Excuse me. I want to share one thing about this movie before, uh, before we, before we sign off, and it's that I, the only thing I knew about this movie before it came out was a little marketing stunt they did. Did you see this like a couple weeks ago when they blocked off a really, really busy street in Los Angeles? Oh yeah, because so they James could go Corden fucking has to annoy around as many people as possible. Yeah, yeah, you know, completely ruining lives. You know, fucking uh, Cindy was, you know, trying to get to the hospital to have her fucking child, but uh, she had to give birth to the fucking Cletus in the back of her fucking minivan because uh, um, fucking James Gordon or whatever the fuck his name is. What's the fuck his name? James, James Corden. Corden. Like I almost called Corden him James Cameron. Blue. Yeah, James Corden. Is in this fucking mouse costume, fucking air humping some guy's poor fucking pickup truck, blocking off the street. Meanwhile, the fucking ambulances can't get fucking through. Trying to fire trucks can't, you know. Dude, there's stop a fire the in there's a fire like like a mile down there. The firefighters, sorry, the fire, yeah, the fire women can't get to it. And, and like, they just got to let that fucking city, the fucking part of the city burn. They got to let LA fucking burn to the ground because. Uh, Camilla Cabela and James Corden keep fucking prancing around the street blocking this shit off and I fucking hate that shit I fucking hate I hate I don't like flash I mean flash mobs or whatever but I hate when a flash mob is a promotional street I hate when flash mobs are promotional same because that's not a flash mob then you know what that is that's a trained mob that's a mob <laughs> so I'm just going to speed run the rest of this movie because nothing fucking interesting happens. It turns out, here's the twist, that the evil god, or the evil stepmother, had her heart broken by a husband who was intimidated by her talent. Uh, and the king is a misogynistic guy who doesn't listen to people because he's a man. And his wife is going to talk him up and tell him that he's a dickhead and he's going to reform. Um, so the film ends with maybe the worst choice to end a musical ever, which is Jennifer Lopez's Let's Get Loud. Oh, and the thing about it is that it's that's what they were singing, by the way, during the uh, during the the. Oh, really? The mob, so they the spoil mob. the film. They spoil the end of the film. They they do. They do. Spoil. They spoil this track. So here's the so problem. Anyways, so with, with, with Let's, Let's Get, Get Loud. Loud, right? Obviously, they did it because Camilla Cabela. Camilla Cabela is a fucking Hispanic person, right? <laughs> I shouldn't say that so hatefully. Like, I'm just mad at this film and every decision in it. I don't have a problem with the fact she's Hispanic. I have a problem with the fact that they made this choice clearly because they're like, well, we got to have some Latin music in it. But there's a lot of fantastic fucking like absolute banger songs that would make for great musical pieces. Right. Like I was already thinking, you know, from Shrek 2, we got Live in La Vida Loca. And like this would be perfect because the prince could start singing Live in La Vida Loca because, oh, this woman is making me think crazy ideas she's making me think of new radical ideas because she's a radical thinker she's living the vita loca she's living the crazy life yeah. because she's she's a, a radical thinker she thinks women can own businesses she thinks women can make and dresses. travel to africa in search of that bank 
radical ideas. That she she can own a business and she can tell people, hey, women can can wear pantsuits. I'm with her, Sam. So they sing Let's Get Loud instead of one of many, many great uh, Latin American tracks by brilliant Latin American artists that they could have used that could have been absolutely fucking heater musical numbers. And they finished it with Let's Get Loud, which and which was the least entertaining possible song in the film, besides maybe all the original songs, which aren't even worth talking about because I barely remember them. Um and and the movie just the movie just fucking ends with everyone celebrating that that second wave feminism has won out in the end. That they've successfully introduced a form of feminism 50 years too late into this film-going world. It... This movie sucks. Yeah. This movie fucking sucks. It sounds like it's really bad. Oh, it's one of the worst fucking films I've ever fucking seen in my life. The cinematography's garbage. Directed by directed by a woman, but shot by a man. Which, which makes it really funny, because I don't know... I don't know whether to say that that women can't direct. Or is that the male men gaze, can't. dude? Is the male gaze in this movie because it was shot by a man? Because that'd be really fucking funny. No, but the male gaze is in this movie in <laughs> Billy Porter. Let's get the fuck out of here before we get if canceled. You Anyways, be this has been Sam. If you want to be a true crackhead. Yell at me for being horribly politically cor- incorrect in this episode at Miku's Crack House. The one you're trying to yell at is Miles. Sam didn't do anything wrong. You can also check us out on Discord if you want to yell at me in person and in real time. Yeah. Uh, link in the description fun. to that one. Sam, do you have any final words? I feel sorry. Stop talking for over women. women. Anime thighs when she opened up so wide I got a twinkle in my eye Asian pussy is so tight I just really wanna pipe Oh my gosh she got them big ass titties She's only five Anime thighs when she opened up so wide I got a twinkle in my eye Asian pussy is so tight I just really wanna pipe Oh my gosh she got them big ass titties She's only five Bitch, I'm about to fuck this cutie, so I whip out my katana And I knock this little bitch out with just one hit like I'm Saitama Why you act like you retarded, like little bitch, I don't want drama I still hit when she says no, don't understand what she don't wanna, ayy Sword fighting with my penis like I'm in a fucking dojo All these bitches want me like my name was fucking Jojo Asian penis is too tiny like it was a no-show Bitch, don't watch your coochie, watch anime with the bros, though Say my motherfucking bitch, I might pull up, give those thighs a little motherfucking kiss And man, if you talking shit, tell Ryuki you on a list Yeah, your sister is my groupie, she take this anime Dick. Okay, okay, like little bitch, I don't care if that fat ass is too deep. Score a bounty on that pussy, you can call me Spike Lee. Putting out fire, getting ice, bitch, I'm Todoroki. And if you got some shit to say, then you can say it to me. Anime thighs when she 